These are steps we all must take to protect Scotland. The people of Scotland will not be disrespected by this Parliament. Mr Speaker. Scottish Politics Explained, a podcast by After Record and hosted by me, Edith Fazzi. Good morning everyone, or good evening, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, and welcome to the first ever episode of Scottish Politics Explained, a podcast by After Record. Every week, I, your host, will be bringing you everything you need to know about Scottish politics through interviews with young activists, journalists, politicians, and other experts, really. Today, I'm speaking with our very first guest, Grace McCabe, who is a student, one of Gurgaiding Speak Out champions, and an aspiring politician. With her, we covered the very basics of the Scottish political and legislative systems. So if you feel like you have a lot to learn about them, or if you're maybe looking for a refresher, have a listen to what this wonderful young woman had to say. Okay, so as part of the first episode of Scottish Politics Explained, I'm here with Grace McCabe, who, as I mentioned, is a student and an aspiring politician. Hello, Grace, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So I wanted to interview you because I know you are both young and really engaged in politics. I'm quite curious. Could you tell me what's your relationship with politics and why are you so interested in it? Yeah, so I've always had a very strong moral compass, I'd say, and I always knew where I stood politically for the last few years. But originally, I wanted to do a science degree. That was my thing. Um, And then I went to, it was actually, it was a year ago today, I went to Butte House to interview the First Minister. And I just, I loved the way that the views that I had were taken seriously. And I think as a young woman, that's a really important thing. And it's not something I've experienced a lot of. So um, the pandemic hit and I remember watching the news and I was watching like a wide range of world leaders and their approach to the pandemic. And I was, I would sit there and I would talk and I would be like, this is what I would do. If I was leader of this country, I would do this, I would do that. And then I thought, well, why don't I? And I think it's possibly because it had never occurred to me as a young woman before that I could have that power. I thought if I have the right ideas or at least the right approach, I don't have to know everything yet if I know what my I want the outcome to be why don't I go into politics you know like I'm interested in social infrastructure interested in gender equality like why don't I so it was really it took me that realization of going I would do this I would do that to why don't I just do that well I think that's actually fantastic I mean especially coming from a young person like not only a young person but a young woman I'm originally from Italy and I feel like our political system and like overall the Italian political culture kind of discourages women to try and pursue a career in politics. So I'm really glad that you had this positive experience that made you think, well, I could do that and I'm going to do that. Kind of moving on to the kind of main content of the podcast, I wanted to discuss the basics of politics here in Scotland. 
So as you know, every year tens of thousands of foreign students come to Scotland to study and many of them really struggle to understand local politics. This of course can be true for Scots themselves. I mean, not everybody is interested in politics and politics is quite daunting at the beginning, to be honest, because there's just so much information and so many different people, you don't know who is who, so it can be quite difficult. And also I think for a young person, you see these politicians that are usually quite older than you so you might feel like some kind of detachment and distance from them so it's not easy to feel engaged and interested. So if you had to explain the Scottish political system to somebody who doesn't know anything not a single thing about it where would you start? Um, I would start by talking about the fact that there's the UK parliament and then there's the Scottish parliament and they do different things and they're run by different people. Scotland's own parliament is a devolved power, so it can pass laws on devolved matters. So that's anything that would affect your daily life in Scotland. So agriculture, tourism, fishing, that kind of thing. Whereas the UK parliament, they can pass laws on the reserved matters. So that's anything that would impact UK-wide or um, anything that has an international impact. So that's things like immigration and foreign policy. Does this difference in parliaments reflect in a kind of difference in the legislative systems? Are there like differences between kind of like maybe the English law and the Scottish law? So um, Scotland has its own judicial system and its own jurisdiction. So that's the official power to make decisions and judgments. UK law and Scots law are very similar, but if you qualify in Scots law, you're not qualified to practice in the rest of the UK and so on. So there's a few areas that they differ in. So family law um, and divorce cases, generally assets are split 50-50, which is different to England. That's up to the courts. Um, spousal maintenance after divorce is three years and it's restricted to three years. Wills can be signed without a present witness and children and spouses can't be excluded from wills which there isn't a law for. Down south, there's lots of cases of someone dies and they've left out, you know, their children and their spouse from the will and they've given all their money to someone else. There's a couple of um, differences in personal injury and property law. So generally, an estate agent in Scotland is a solicitor and they act as the legal advisor, as well as the estate agent, because it has to be done in a winner. But other than that, they're quite similar. Okay, so what are the main differences between the two parliaments? How would you differentiate them? I think the way that they're elected, um, I think that's one of the biggest differences. So for a general election, which is the UK Parliament, it's first past the post only, whereas the, um, the Scottish Parliament does have regional additional members, um, MSPs, which is sort of like to say, look, we've won the election by uh, first past the post but here's some extra backup information if you wanted to know that this is we've won because we're favoured by the Scottish people. There's a lot of differences I think when people are watching debates there's also a big difference in attitudes and people sort of need to understand who they're voting for and why which is a bit daunting to a first-time voter. So kind of following up on that, what would be your advice for young people who want to be informed? I mean, especially on who to vote for, for example. 
yeah so I've been asked this question an awful lot I'll have people in my year group come up to me and go Grace I just just tell me who I need to vote for but I don't want to almost abuse the power that they're giving me and tell them or dictate who to vote for I'd say the number one step when it comes to voting for the first time is lay down a list of what you want to see in Scotland what's important to you what changes do you want to see you know, what structures need to be there for you to live a successful life in Scotland? So that's the first thing I'd do is lay down what you want to see. Then you need to go and research the parties and find out what their policies are and find out sort of what out of what you want, how many policies out of each party match up um, to the views that you have. I wouldn't, even if you're really, really set in your ways that you want to vote for a certain party maybe it's because your parents do or it's just your culture I would still go back and make sure that the person that you're voting for the party is going to affect not only you in the best way possible but the majority of people my dad often says to me vote as if you were you know like absolute bottom of the pile you know as if you were homeless or um I don't know transgender because like anything like that something that you are seriously disadvantaged at vote as if you were one of those people and think about a fair and equal society over personal gain and what are the current options for young people i mean what are the main parties in scotland um honestly from my experience young people currently it's a toss-up between snp or conservative i really i've not come across many scottish labor voters or lib dem occasionally people will vote for Green as a I don't know what to do. But yeah, it's definitely a toss-up between SNP and Conservative in my age group. So going back to the two parliaments that you mentioned before, how would you describe them? And I mean, in terms of are there different chambers or like how many members of parliament do you have? What are the main differences? So there's 650 members of UK parliament but there's 73 um, MSPs elected by First Past the Post and then 56 um, elected by Regional Additional. Um, and whatever 73 plus 56 is, I don't know. I've got a C in my higher maths. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's, a, there's a, a, a difference in numbers, definitely. And also the constituencies you might be one constituency in a general election, but you're a different constituency in the Scottish parliamentary election. So you mentioned that you met the First Minister last year and I actually saw you posted a picture today, which was so cute. It's just like, I really love seeing young people being engaged in politics. Could you tell us a bit more about the First Minister? I mean, who is Nicola Sturgeon? What party is she from? And can she be First Minister again after this term? She is party leader for SNP, who has the current majority in Scotland. So it's a five-year cycle, parliamentary cycle, and she is in her second term currently. But there's no maximum term like there is in America because she's nominated by the parliament after the election. Do you think she'll stay on at all? Honestly, after how she handled the pandemic, I hope so. If nothing else, you know, like our, our general next election is in um, May we're still going to be going through the pandemic so I would hope that people would put cultural differences out the window and just be like she's doing a good job keep her on I'm quite curious to see what will happen especially given the kind of divisive moment that the SNP is living right now 
So as a young person, what would you like to see more in politics? And how do you think politicians should address issues concerning young people? So obviously there's the, is it SYP, Scottish Youth Parliament, who I think are great. Um, but they they can't get, um, they can't have political bias. It's, it's a very general thing. I honestly think that each party should adopt an advisor and that advisor should be someone aged from 18 to 24. I think it's the only way that you're going to address the issues that young people are facing currently is get a young person on board. That's what I love. I love, I'm on the panel speak out, it's Girl Guiding Scotland. That's what I love so much about the panel is because that's the first time, and the, the rest of the people will echo this, it's the first time we've been truly listened to and like our ideas have been like highly regarded. So yeah, I think that there should almost be a minister for young people who is a young person. I think that would be a really good shout. And we also have to see a bit more diversity in politics. And I know that some people will huff and sigh about that. But the only way you're going to get proper representation of the issues that people are facing in Scotland is get people from a wide, like a wide background, get people from low income backgrounds, get more people of colour in, get more people who are transgender, who are LGBTQ. You know, that's the way we're going to properly see Scotland for what it is and see that in politics. Yeah, so you're basically suggesting more of kind of a direct representation so that we can hear from every community that there is in Scotland. That was actually my last question. Thank you so much, Grace, for coming on the podcast today. It's been lovely to speak to you. And I feel like I've learned quite a few different things, or at least like I've clarified a few things. Because, I mean, myself, coming from another country, I am used to a different system, both like on a political, legal, even like in terms of society. So this was really, really useful. And so again, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. If you too enjoyed our chat, please share our podcast, comment or even send us a wee voice note on Anchor. Thank you all so much for listening and until next time, this was Scottish Politics Explained. I am Iris Baza. I hope you have a lovely rest of the week. Thank you.